McKenzie, space again, gets the pass away for Kirofano, welcome back to the All Black Podcast. Got an, another absolute legend of the All Blacks in the studio today. Welcome, Gary Witten. Thank you. It's great to be here. Mate, bit of fishing at the weekend. Success? Were you on the, the lucky line? Were you the, the form horse in the boat? Like, how'd it go? Uh, no, we just uh, <laughs> it was enjoyable out there, and um, but didn't quite get what we wanted. Didn't get our limit, that's for sure, but uh, there's always another day. Oh, it's not always about the fish, is it? It's about just getting outside and enjoying it. That's exactly what it's about. Mate, um, 101 matches for the All Blacks between 1981 and 1991. 58 of those tests is a different time then, 15 of those as captain. 1987 World Cup winner as well, and even played a game for the World 15 in 1992, which we'll chat about a little bit later. Does it all seem like yesterday, Gary, or is it a, a distant memory? It's uh, it's always there, but it's a long time ago. Um, and life goes on, and there's a lot of happened since. And there was life after rugby, but at the time, there definitely wasn't. Yeah, yeah, totally. Mate, before we get into it, because it's, it's an amazing career, it's an awesome career and so many significant moments in our All Black history I want to go through, but um, need to do a bit of a warm-up, I don't want you to come in too cold. Um, so a few questions just to, to get us going um, that we ask all the, all the players and, and past players who come into the studio, but firstly, did you have a, an All Black hero growing up? Uh, I did. I, I, <laughs> early on, I wasn't a great rugby fan as a kid growing up. We'll get to that perhaps, but uh, the, the guy I admired the most and is a good friend now is, is Ian Kirkpatrick. I oh, thought he's a fantastic All Black forward leader and a great guy. He was. He's been part of some amazing All Black series in history. And, and can you remember the first All Black game you went to? Maybe it was later on in life, maybe, or, or was it as a young man? It was later on in life. I, I think... Um, it wasn't was, your first game yourself. Christ, that would be... It wasn't far off, believe it or not. <laughs> uh, yeah, the first game I saw um, with my brother when he played the curtain raiser to the All Blacks in 1980 in Sydney uh, for the New Zealand Colts against Australian Colts. Wow. And um, so Jay and I played them. They had two other brothers playing that day too, so uh, we won 10-8. And a lot of team of the guys in the New Zealand Colts team went on to be All Blacks, a lot of us. Mate, that's brilliant. Oh, I love that how, you know, for a lot of guys it was really, really early on as a young kid, but um, for you a little bit later, which is brilliant. What about uh, today? Watch a bit of the All Blacks. Any of the current players you particularly enjoy watching, a favourite player perhaps? Well, you always watch the locks, you know. It's, yeah. You like to see what they're doing, how they're going, what they're about. Uh, the game's changed, the selection and, and, uh, and how they play it and everything else. But uh, I like to watch them, uh, the players today. You know, there's some fantastic players. The, what the forwards can do and what the backs can do has changed a lot. Uh, the locks, you know, with Retallick and Whitelock, yeah. uh, they've been fantastic servants for New Zealand rugby. They are world class. Yeah, they are They are a phenomenal locking combination as well, aren't they? Um, Favourite rugby ground? I know Eden Park's obviously, you know, a special place for you, whether it be for Auckland or for the All Blacks, but is that your favourite ground or is there a few others as well that you've um, happened to be able to go to or play on? Well, yeah, I've played on a few. Um, funny enough, uh, Eden Park, of course, is, is very, very special, you know, playing for all. Well, club rugby originally in those days, yeah. um, and, and then Auckland uh, for quite a few games, and in the All Blacks. So no, it's a very very special stadium, and and that overseas, uh, I've I've got a lot of time for Cardiff Arms. Well, then yep. those days it was Cardiff, and as a kid then watching rugby in the first All Black game, and then that you know, I always wanted to go and play Wales. Once I became an All Black, to go to Cardiff and play the Wales and play Wales and hear the singing. Oh. You know, my mother was a very musical mother, very talented and. Uh, that was very special for me, and I've always liked Parc de Prince in France too. Uh, 
for the All Blacks, and I love that that life over in France. And uh, I was lucky enough to be in a, yeah. a winning club team to win the French title there too. And the atmosphere there was indescribable. Mate, brilliant grounds to refer to. Like Cardiff Harms, amazing, isn't it? You just it, the the train goes straight into the middle of the town. The the ground is straight in the middle of the town, and amongst the pubs and restaurants and all the stuff, you just flow into this absolute cathedral where. You know, we think we love our footy, and we do love our footy. There's no doubt about it. But, geez, they love their footy, don't they? They sing, and they get right around their team. And, and afterwards, um, the atmosphere is amazing. So respectful as well. They just want to talk about the footy. They, they love the All Blacks. And, and um, you know, they it's all about the experience. Um, I've been to a few games there. Absolutely loved it. Oh, the Welsh, it is. It's, it's a great place to be. Um, you never want to lose to the Welsh, <laughs> believe me. And, uh, and the All Blacks, we have, a, we have, a, yeah, yeah, we have you know, used to say, you know, two things. You never beat the Welsh, you score more points. Because <laughs> they've always got an excuse and they want to talk to you about it. In the old days when we used to go on the bus across the Severn Bridge yep. into Wales from England and there. Yep. In the back seat, we tell us we've got a chant. We don't lose in Wales. We don't lose in Wales. Brilliant. And then coming back, we didn't lose in Wales. Because in that's what they're like. Yeah, 100%. Passionate. Absolutely right. I think the first game I went to there, the All Blacks won by one point. It was the first game that Richard McCaw captained the All Blacks. And, and they were stoked. And you're right, though. They spent the rest of the night telling me why, you know, why they didn't win every decision didn't go against them oh, that okay. day. And they, and they would have got us. But um, created such good atmosphere. In France, it's, it's different again, isn't it? Like, it's, it's hard... Um, I think for Kiwis and be there to understand, but like around their club game, it's the day's like a festival, isn't it? Like it, it's a day. It's not just the match, but like the whole town comes to life um, around match day and around that fixture. It's it's a phenomenal match day experience in France, isn't it? Yeah, the French are very emotional, you yeah. know, being Latin based, everything else, and very 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 passionate. And uh, you know, you don't know which team's going to turn up on each day, but uh, and if, if you're a local club or you're in a big club or whatever, that's the event and. Um, and they live for it, and they and they love it, and they love the blacks. They love the all blacks. Mate, just quickly on that, like we, you know, it's not something we're going to touch on heaps today, but like, you know, you went there after your all black experience, played for Castres. You know, was it was it a great experience? Was it difficult? You know, were they accepting of a, a you know, sort of a, you're quite an early overseas player. You know, these mm. days it's very common, but um, you went into a completely foreign environment. Was it was it a great experience? Are you are now a red wine connoisseur? You know, like um, what was it like? It was very unusual. My wife and I decided we got, kept on getting these phone calls for the <laughs> middle of the night uh, when they knew I'd finished with the All Blacks career, um, finished in the sense that I was dropping. I was still playing for Auckland and playing well. And they and I got these phone calls, do you want to come and play for us in France? And I had a good job with Fisher and Paykel because we weren't professional. I said, yeah. uh, look, no, not really. And I had two young sons. One was only three months old and one was, uh, was about two and a half, three. And they kept on asking. And then Jane said, well, look, I was really disappointed at how my career was finishing winding up. Um, a bit of ego there. And yeah. she said, well, whatever. So we gave him some ultimatums and whatever. And I said, look, that's it. We're not changing. Goodbye. Don't ring me up again. And they ring me up 10 minutes later on and said, when are you coming? So that was a bit of a fright for us. And uh, we went over here. We were unprepared, to be honest, but uh, yeah. with the young family and that. But uh, we adapted very well. My wife did. And, and the town. And we got to learn French and know the town. And I played well and we got the team going really well and we won the whole lot um, we haven't won it for 60 years and uh, yeah. I go back now it's, it's very humbling it's um, I've got a pub named after me over there it's called <laughs> the, inside the stadium it's called the Gary Wheaton pub that is awesome oh yeah so I go How there good it's, is it's that? I know it's, uh, it's very special the presence a great mate and, uh, that's a dream that's that an absolute dream that is, so that, getting off top there you go <laughs> so good alright get us back on track but uh, best all black you ever played with um 
it's very special for me because I played with a lot of them. Um, I saw some very talented guys. The most dedicated and the guy who helped me the most was Andy Hayden. Oh, well. Wow. Daryl Andy, one of yeah. great mates of mine. Rest uh, in peace, absolutely. Yeah, he came in. I came in at a young age. Uh, he took all the pressure off me because they all marked him. Yeah. And he taught me about rugby. He taught me about what it means to be an All Black. Um, obviously, about lineouts and that. He's probably the best tactician I've ever met and heard from. A lot of guys would say that. Um, so he was great all black playing with him. Look, I played with so many really good ones, you know, from the Foxes, who's the ultimate professional and tactician, yeah. to the JKs who came through. Um, my brother, Alan, well, he was the ultimate. I think if every all black he played with said, well, pick who you want in your team first, they'll probably pick him first in yep. the sense of a great team man, a very honest player. Yeah. And, um, God, weren't there some amazing accolades for Andy when he passed away you know there's a whole lot of stuff we all knew and there was a whole lot of stuff that you didn't know all these little extra things that he did like he, he affected so many people in a positive way didn't he oh look that's, that's very very true uh, you know we had a lot to do with each other on and off and afterwards too gosh as as, as Wife was my wife, um, on bridesmaid, whatever it is, at, at their wedding, and everything else. And we, yep. so look, he, he did a lot away from it. People didn't realize it. he could have been controversial, but Andy liked that. They weren't talking about him, he wasn't Andy. And, um, a very charitable man, too, and what he did yep. in New Zealand, and definitely what he did over in Fiji. Absolutely. What about on the other side of the other side, the opposition? What was some of the, the best player or players that you played against? Yeah, well, gosh, um, the hardest players were the French because yeah. um, I had three tours with the All Blacks to, in my career to France, and you, know, you needed to be on each one. Yeah. Um, and there were some great players. Yeah, got to start my early days um, right through. Um, but, but you know, Pepper on board was a great prop, a hard guy for us to come against and everything else. Serge Blanco, yeah. what an amazing player. Genius. Great guy, lovely guy, seller, talented, but great guys on the field, but, man, they gave it everything. Uh, yeah. They're very, 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 very special. Mate, and they're doing well again, aren't they? They're looking really strong. Yeah, and I had a great Aussie year against us too, and there were some great players, you know, with the Australians, who were as, as good of us, if not better, at various stages in that era that I played. Totally. That was um, that period sort of through um, the 80s there was almost a halcyon period for the Blues Low Cup, wasn't it? They, yes. were, they were ferocious. So. That's right. Um, what about outside of rugby? Greatest sporting event you've ever been to? Sometimes some of our former All Blacks are quite lucky to get along to a few different sporting events. Anything stick in your mind? Well, I've been to a couple of Belgium Cups and been, been really treated like um, specialty, so I've done it the really great way, and I've yep. done it with a lot of mates the other way. Brilliant. Enjoyed them both. Uh, uh, I went to, uh, invited to, well, Went up with work in that to uh, F1 in, in uh, Shanghai, oh, so Formula brilliant. 1, yeah. and we had the best seats in the house, and the yeah. noise and the atmosphere. And I wasn't prepared for it. That was a was a great highlight. Yeah. You know, done a lot of that. They're amazing, aren't they? They put on amazing events, those yeah. F1s, don't they? And that, it's on a resurgence again now. You don't have, to be, you don't have to be a fan of it, because I really wasn't, yeah. but it was awesome. Yeah, totally. And what about you? I'm not sure if you're a golfer or not, but if you could assemble um, a great golfing four ball, not necessarily to win a tournament or anything, but a... You know, three other three other people to hit around a golf course with. Who would that be? Anyone spring to mind? I like my golf. Yeah. I don't play it very well. Uh, my wife plays a little better than me. She, <laughs> she got down to a nine handicap. Oh, I don't wow. think I've ever beaten her. She knows all the rules. So <laughs> I don't get any gimmies. Um, <laughs> I love playing with Foxy for a start because yeah. uh, he's he just takes what he learned what he learned in the rugby plans so onto the intensity onto the golf course and so yeah. I've got to upset him with my comments because I can't <laughs> beat him in golf. Very talented man. I don't know if I was going to get a four ball. I'd like a bit of fun with it and everything else, you know. Yeah. And, and I'd have big John Daly there because oh, I brilliant. thought he was a great player and he taught everyone how to hit a ball and yeah. give it plenty and. Have a few drinks around the place. Totally. totally. I'd get Lee Trevino there too because oh, uh, yeah. there'd be a lot of laughs along the way. 
hundred percent. And if um, if uh, Gary's driving to the fishing boat for the weekend, like what's on the Spotify playlist? What's a couple of the uh, great tunes you like to listen to? Well, I'm an oldie and everything else. It depends what the mood is, you know. Um, we yeah. did, we're fishing out there for game fish marlin, and that my wife and I will put a bit of U2 on because it just Brilliant. it's twice as brought up fish, so we really <laughs> get that going loud, get it on, and you know, uh, Guns and Roses. You can't go past the memory and everything else that starts getting out there. And if I want to get into a party mood and start dancing, I'll play a bit of Journey there. And, oh yes, yeah, you know, how good. Yeah, mate, absolutely brilliant. And I just I want to ask you now at the end of this little bit is like um you haven't got it today. The moustache is not there, but like it's got to be. It's voted time and time again. You know, the best moustache um, in all Black history, but maybe even the best moustache in New Zealand history. Like um you know, were you born with it, or did it come on when you're eighteen or twenty one, or you know, it was um definitely wasn't born with it. I can <laughs> believe me. Um, how did it happen? I started when we went to the All Blacks in eighty one. Went yep. on that tour in France uh, after the Springboks and went on tour there, and it was a hard tour. And Scrumpox was big in France, and it was coming out, and we were told, "Look, don't shave," you know, okay. and because it was getting on the face of everyone else oh, and yeah. that. So, if you look at some of those photos, um, a lot of us—I had a dirty, great big beard and moustache, <laughs> black beard, and everything else—and half the pack, most of the pack did. Yeah, and because you're rubbing up against the the yeah, French yeah, pack yeah. and everything else, so it started from there, and it just kept on going. You know, I think. Uh, I had the moustache. I had a great mullet through my career oh. and everything else. Um, I thought it was probably before my time, actually. And when uh, in France, they loved it. And then I went back there 10 years later on when I eventually shaved it off because I was doing a lot of scuba diving, diving. Yeah. And it leaks all the time. And so I shaved it off. And my wife and the kids saw it the first time. They screamed and ran away. And didn't know, they'd never known me without a moustache. Oh, um, it's a tragedy. And so, <laughs> look, it's uh, I grow it back sometimes. Yep. But, of course, it's not black anymore if I do that. Yeah, yeah, totally. No, there's nothing wrong with the salt and pepper moustache. Absolutely, <laughs> are those. But there's, um, mate, let's talk a little bit about your career and, and go back to the early days. You know, I always ask all the guys this, like, was it a traditional rugby upbringing for you? You know, was it down to the rugby club from when you were five years old and, um, you know, and that was it? Or, or was it a bit non-traditional? What was it like um, for you as a, as a young fella? I, we were raised in a very sporting family. Uh, my father and my mother. My mother was a very talented sportswoman. Whatever she put her hand to, she's very good at it and very determined. My father was a uh, a, a good rugby player. Um, he said oh, he would have been an All Black if it wasn't for the wine woman and so on. <laughs> um, and he uh, puts it all down to him. But uh, my mother taught us lots of different games. She was yeah. a great tennis player, squash, um, got into everything like that. So. We, we we watched our rugby. Dad was a ref for a while there. Um, we cool. played rugby. I played soccer from because I got too big in age group rugby. So I played soccer from um, Wade in with AJ at College Rifles. And then they said, uh, Gary, you'll have to go because he was at least down to my shoulders and height and everything else. And, right? and I weighed a lot more. I grew a lot quicker than him fairly on. And so they said, look, you've got to go play one or two grades higher up with the older guys. And Alan will stay there. And Dad said, "Look, you're not going to do that. You'll get knocked around because I'm a big guy, but I was a softie. And <laughs> um, and so he said, it's not for you, son. And he could see that. So we went and found a, a soccer club up the road. We went to went to Eastern Suburbs. Wow. So from the age of 10 to, well, and even the grandma didn't play rugby till the fifth, sixth form, sixth form. So um, I played soccer for all that time. Mate, that's brilliant, isn't it? And this always goes to show, like, this, when you're a young fella having a stab at everything, it's probably a really good thing. Yeah, it taught me balance and skill. I enjoy a good game of soccer. It, it's great. Yeah, and so was it? Was it at Grandma? Um, you went to Grandma with your your brother Alan. Like, was it at Grandma you started to get back into rugby? You obviously he was a bit smaller. Perhaps he started growing, but you obviously 
you know, reasonably big as well at, at that age. Yeah, so we both started to start growing and everything else. We're sportsmen. We play cricket. We play every sport going. Yep. Um, I don't know how good we play it. We weren't that <laughs> dedicated. We hadn't learnt about really putting your mind to it and training hard in that sense, but we were active all the time. And uh, he played hockey for about four years. I played soccer. And then in the fifth form, we both played social rugby. And the sixth, sixth form and seventh form was in the first of day. Yeah, and was it a was it a shoulder tap from one of the masters who saw a couple of big units and thought there'd be a couple of big pests on the field against Kings, or, or was it actually you're right, you know, your mates were into it and you thought you'd give it a crack as well? Well, it's a bit of both. You got to go. I had a we had a crappy coach. His name was Graham Henry, <laughs> a rubbish coach. Yeah, yeah and Ted <laughs> was my science teacher too. I believe me, he's a better rugby coach than a science teacher. <laughs> and um, and he said, you've got to put your mind to it. You've got all the attributes, the athleticism that you've got to get yourself right, your mind, and get fit. Yeah. And we'll yeah. see who we can take you. And then when I was leaving school in the seventh form, and I still wasn't the best. AJ Allen played rep rugby. I didn't, but I was, yeah. I was just lazy. Yeah. Really much. And I, just did, I was lazy. And, and it turns in my event changed later on in life. And uh, he said, you know, Gary, of all the players here, you'd be an All Black. You can be an All Black if wow. you want to put your mind to it. Ted, Ted reminds me of that too. Mate, that's brilliant, isn't it? Coming from, you know, that's one of our iconic all back coaches to, yeah. you know. First and he wasn't thing. one then either, you know, but yeah, that's yeah, what he said. Yeah, starting out. Yeah, yeah, that's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And it was, so when did, when did the penny drop or when did, when did you start to be selected or be involved in, in more serious footy? Obviously, AJ was, was chipping away, doing pretty well, but, you know, you debuted at 21, which we'll talk about. So things must have happened pretty quickly between finishing school and, and you know, your all-black debut. Yeah, it's a good, that's a very good point. And, uh, and it, it, it did, it happened. Um, we both played third-grade rugby for Grammar Old Boys um, and we had a great team around us and guys and I was big, so that's what AJ made the rep team and everything else. Um, I think I made the rep team, but it wasn't one of the major players for a start. And then I was fishing on Pike, I worked with, uh, and they sponsored Outward Bound, and they said, oh, yes. Gary, we're sending you down to Outward Bound. Yeah, I said, yeah, okay, great. And I went down for three, it was three and a half weeks, those times down there. Yeah. Didn't know what it was all about, really. Uh, hated it for the first two weeks. Yeah. Last week and a half, worked it all out, came back. I was a stone and a half lighter. Uh, my parents, everyone said, you've changed. My attitude had whole changed. And wow. So what was I, 19, 20, then I made the New Zealand Colts twice and then the All Blacks. It's amazing, isn't two, it? Like, two, two and a half actually years. is linked to a, you know, quite a significant oh, very much. I've done time and, yeah. and period in your history. Like, I would bounded a lot to me. Yeah, that's awesome. That's fantastic to hear. What a great thing. And, you know, then all of a sudden, fast forward, you know, not only are you making your test debut at 21, you know, like you say, maybe not a whirlwind, but it's all happened pretty quickly, but it also happens to be... <laughs> Probably the most volatile test ever played in New Zealand history. It's the third test versus the Africa in 1981. You know the flower bomb test. You know the whole tour has been, you know, just you know absolute split the country in two, didn't it? You know it was it was extremely controversial for any number of reasons. And you're a young man who's got the call up. Like, how did you even find out that you were picked um, for the third test? Because I assume. You know, it's not like today where they're all together in a group of 40 in a camp and we bring in whoever the reserve locks are. You might have been at home with mum and dad. Or, you know, how did it happen that you found out you're going to be involved in the deciding test against South Africa in 1981? Yeah, well, there was talk about it um, because they'd lost the second test, you know, yeah. and they'd brought Oliver in for the second test. They were really talking about bringing me in, but they didn't. Um, they brought Oliver back from Australia. You know, yep. Frank came back and played that test and they lost the test. And um, and then between that, Auckland played the Springboks. Right. And I played okay. Um, who knows how you go. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then that 
we were, I was out in the town that night, had a late night, and um, they named it on a Sunday morning, the, the test team, and I was downstairs. AJ's in the other room there, and we were just thinking, chat was a good night. And um, <laughs> and then uh, we heard a commotion upstairs. We live in Mum and Dad, as you do. And, uh, and they came running downstairs, and, and Mum dived into bed and said, uh, you've been naming the All Blacks. There it is. Yeah. And then it was party time at the wedding house. Everyone came over on that Sunday. Well, you know, did you have an inkling? Were you no, maybe not at all? None whatsoever. You thought that ship had sailed a bit for that series, and no, I didn't know. You know, yep. I thought there's a chance, but yep. um, you're surprised. It wasn't like phone calls, anything like that whatsoever. Here's a team. It's the All Blacks. Here's the team, and here's you're either listening for your name, or you're not, and it's how you learn you get dropped too that way. <laughs> oh, God, it's brutal, but all. How's um. And, like, you're a young guy. You're 21 years old. I can't remember what I was doing when I was 21 years old, but you've been picked to play in the deciding test against the Springboks in the most, one of the most famous and controversial series the All Blacks ever played in. Like, were you aware of, like, how aware or in tune or opinionated were you yourself on what was going on? Or actually you're just like, right, hang on a minute, I'm going to put the jersey on and have a red-hot crack here. Mate, I just wanted to wear the All Black jersey. Totally. I couldn't believe it. And I got up in the photo and I looked at it and I said, this is me. How yeah. the hell have I got this? And yeah. then I was worried about do I deserve it? And I'm going to make sure it wasn't my last jersey and play that. But um, politics didn't come into me at that stage. Yeah. And there's making no excuse one way or the other. I just thought, like any red, hot blooded young New Zealander boy, if you like, uh, man child, saying, yeah. Here's the opportunity. Do you want to play for the All Blacks or be an All Black? Do you want to be an All Black? Yeah. Who wouldn't say yes? Ah, totally, mate. And you were probably brought up on a diet through the 70s of those amazing series against South Africa. So, like, yeah. that was the team, wasn't yeah. it? That was the measure of an all-black. 70, and, 76, yeah. Yeah. Both like, those teams. Yeah, totally. So, how special. And, like, you know, what was it like? Did you blimmin' assemble on a Tuesday and, and hey, Andy Hayden took you under the wing and said, here's the calls, lad, don't get them wrong? And, and was that sort of, oh, was did Tuesday. you know you are going to start? Like, do you know straight away yeah. you'll start? Yeah, I was starting. Yeah. Yeah, so they named the team. They said, here's the team, and they named the starting team. Yeah, and they, you're in. And they just do it, yeah. Yeah. And they and they do it in alphabetical order. Wow. So yeah. they don't need yeah. positions. Here yeah, is the yeah, team. Yeah, yeah. Do, 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 do. And yeah. they say these replacements. Um, so I rock up there. Um, I knew Andy. Um, I, I played against the other guys in that. I didn't know a lot of them. You know, we were at yeah. the, the Poinama here in Auckland yeah. and on the North Shore. Red Squad was surrounding the hotel yeah. 24-7. The protesters were surrounding the hotel 24-7 chanting. Wow. Uh, we go to training, I'd go, and um, hey, here you go, Gary. Great, congratulations. Here's your kit. We'll get your blazing tie soon. Oh, yeah, great, great, great. Meeting all the guys. There's, you know, and I'm going right. There's, there's Axel Knight, and there's John Ashworth, yeah, Andy yeah, Dalton, yeah. the captain. Andy is fantastic, man, Andy Dalton. Um, yep. Of course, I knew Andy, so Andy was great. Um, uh, there's Murray, and they said, Gary, your roommate is Murray Mixted, so it's interesting to have him Murray. Mother, <laughs> brilliant. Another legend, yeah. Yeah, it's so had Muzz there, and uh, oh, Muzz, he's a good man. Well, there's a lot of pressure on you, you know, you got to perform. <laughs> Thanks, Muzz, I think I needed that. Yeah, yeah, I think I realise. Uh, but, you know, you're meeting all these guys, you know, Trapper Loveridge, unbelievable, yeah, Bernie and Stu, you know, oh, gosh. Yeah, straight into it. And, um, you know, like, I'm sure it was, you know, it was a it was a pretty difficult environment to make your debut, but also for the South Africans, God, they, you know, they were travelling around, they were, um, you know, trying to avoid protesters, they had games cancelled, they had, um, you know, all sorts of things to deal with on a tour for a long period of time. But almost, I feel like, you know, if the South Africans of yesteryear are like the ones of today, it almost probably made them stronger, made it even a more difficult opponent to play because they probably just rallied around each other, did they? Oh, most definitely. They, they were locked up, cooped up. You know, yeah. you, you, 
I realise this in hindsight more than what I realise now. You know, they'd name their 15 or 21 players and they'd be all locked up, whether it was in a squash clubs you know, yeah. around there or here or this hotel there. And the rest of the squad, they would, uh, they would uh, bill it out to yeah. really good rugby people, homes all around the country. And that, those guys have a good time, then come back and meet with their squad again and go around to the next place, to the next place. Amazing. You know, in Eden Park, they were there the night before. Yeah, totally. And what I've, I assume you're marking some massive Afrikaans who hadn't shaved since he was 15 in some huge block of meat. Like, they just seem to have a, an absolute procession, a conveyor belt of large, large men, particularly in the locking department and in the Ford pack. Were you... Um, you're a big guy. Were you looking up? Were you looking down? Or all from the high veld uh, <laughs> and you know real Afrikaners. And yeah. uh, I was marking the guy who was probably a Andy Hayden equivalent, a master, and the, the guy, yeah. a guy called Louis Mulman. He had a big orange beard. He's like a lion, you yeah. know, and he's ferocious. And he really was. And he, <laughs> about that game, he started whacking. But and that's who I was marking. And Andy was marking a guy called Henny Becker, who came in. Henny was about six eight, six ten, oh, and right oh. up here. And I hadn't really seen these guys. And we came out of the tunnel, he came out of the changing room, and we had Clive Norling, who was the referee, yes. and Clive loved himself in his tight shorts. And um, He did. And we got out there, and we were coming out, and, our t- and these guys came out too, and we got together. And then Clive said, sorry, lads, there's a bit of flower bombs going on there. Let's just cool here for a couple of minutes. And so we're right opposite each other. So we stood there looking at each, each other, all the teams, you yeah. know. And and I looked up. You had to look up. And you looked out wide. There a guy, Flippy Vandermeer, the oh. prop. It was huge. And... And but our guys and I and I had mixed it behind me saying, you know, you're right, we're Andy in front, come on, yep. come on, GW, you'll be fine, here we go. Yep. We go now, we get on the field and we're into it. And yeah. we and I just had to get on the field. Yeah. I just needed to get on the field. And after that I forgot everything. Yeah, cool. I didn't even realize half time when it's half time. Mate, we and you know, we talked about, you know, the size of the South Africans and some of the opponents you were playing, big guys, but actually in that first half you know, through the pack, we were really strong. We we played um, really well in the first half and didn't take their pack to pieces, but but probably dominated them. We're up sixteen three at half time. You must have been thinking, "Geez, this is all right. I can do this." Uh, no, I just thought, "My God, it's <laughs> half time." Thank God for that. I uh, didn't know where the time had gone, and uh, just hoping to get another forty minutes and, and get a win because all I want to do is win. Because you know, if you're losing a, a test and it's your first test, you might not get another one. So there's pressure on both ways to win, to play well, and, and to stay there if you like in those days. And oh, totally. uh, and uh, like with the atmosphere and the crowd on the plane, and Nas started coming back at us and all those guys, it was a hell of a game. Mate, it absolutely was. Like you say, they started using the ball a bit more in the second half, getting out a bit wider, bore a bit of fruit, and it took. Alan Hewson almost on full time to bang over a penalty to win it. Never in doubt. Did you have complete confidence in Alan? I just couldn't look. Dear old Al, you know, um, Andy was there, and uh, and then Norlin said, "We've got another two minutes." So we got back again, and we had to get the ball and get it back down there again. And um, oh, it was all on the whole time. But it was, you know, it was relief. I'll be straight up. It was a relief when the final whistle went. Yeah. I was just relieved, and I thought, "Well, I'm going to get to wear the jersey again." And uh, and I got into the changing room, sat down. Took my jersey off, looked at it, stuck it in my bag. Yeah, and uh, guys, some guys are swapping them and everything else. And um, thought, wow, this is. Um, Man, I'm in the club. Yes, that's exactly right. I'm in the club, and it's a special club. It's unique. Where's the jersey? Where's the jersey today? It's at home. Brilliant. Not on the wall. We. Um, yep. It, it's around. I've got jerseys for my sons, and cool. um, that there's a few there, and uh, a few other things there too for them. But yep. uh, it's, it sits there. That we don't put them on the wall. I haven't done that. No, mate, yeah, I'm sure um, you can pull it out when you need to. Mate, what, that is just a phenomenal way 
to start a really long and successful <laughs> career. Do you look back now and just, you know, almost some of the significance and just how different that series was almost is, is a bit easier to grasp these days when looking back on it because it's a hell of an environment to go into for a, for a young guy and make his all-black debut. I think being green uh, back then, and um, <laughs> I think I only had 10 games for Auckland, 12, I hadn't even had my wow. blazer for Auckland. And uh, uh, back then, it's what I didn't know I didn't know, and yeah. that was probably helped me. Um, but I look back on it now, and, and I talk to my sons, and and I, and I they ask me sometimes, and I describe it a bit, but it's hard to really describe for yeah. them to really grasp it. And then, but then I go away and walk away and think, wow, that was, how, how did we, and how did I get through that? Totally. Another really significant moment for the Wettons was when your twin brother, Alan, uh, made his debut for the All Blacks as well, becoming our, our first twins to play for the All Blacks in 1984 versus Australia. Like, you know, same things I asked you, like, did, did he think he was in the mix? Was he surprised? Was he stoked? Were you, you were hoping, um, you know, just quietly that maybe he would get the call up and you get to play international rugby um, with the team, you know, with the brother for the team you love? Yeah, he was... Um he was playing very good rugby. You know, yeah. Auckland was a strong team. Um, we were, we were, he was playing some great rugby. What he could do in the line-out, what he could do was tackling superb and yeah. blind his work rate. And uh, it was always going to come. It was just a matter of when. And uh, Bryce Wright chose the team to go. There he was on the reserve. So the first two or three test matches, I think he came on as reserve yeah. um, until he cemented that place. Of course, he was playing against Mark Shaw in those days yes. and a few others. And... Uh, yeah, very, very special. We with Auckland all the time, whatever, we always run out together, one behind the other. Yep. No matter what game we're playing, whether it was club rugby, Auckland rugby, and then all-black rugby, um, we'd always look at each other, have a few little things we'd do before going out for a game. Um, and there's no better. You know, you know someone's got your back when, you, when you've got your twin brother beside you on a rugby field, let alone an international, and vice versa. And, uh, and you need those moments. And it's very special. Mate, so see a lot of them, you know, like, is, uh, is he around here as well? Yeah, he annoys me, he's still around here, and <laughs> comes around and drinks my wine, um, you know, he, he knows a good wine, and uh, he never brings any, but he certainly drinks them. Yeah, totally, well, I mean, you, you look back at those old, um, you know, behind-the-scenes documentaries that you guys featured him back then, and he seemed a character, he seemed like these days he'd have a, a huge Instagram following, if he was a, a modern a modern footy player, is he the character he looked like on some of those videos? Oh, look, he's, he's always um, up for a joke, and he, he, yeah. he's a real comedian that way, or... or <laughs> A fun person, you know. So yeah, so we're we're very much alike, and we're very different. Totally. So special, and, and another really special moment. Nineteen eighty seven Rugby World Cup, and it's the, the the inaugural Rugby World Cup here on our shores. And and when I look back at it, I wonder, you know, we'd been Cavaliers tour one that you went on and had to sit sit out for two games when all those players that went on that were suspended. We had a we lost the Bledisloe Cup to Australia in eighty six, lost two one, um, and for that first game of the Rugby World Cup, you know, it's almost like. You know, New Zealand wasn't sure what its relationship was with the rugby at the time. We didn't know what this tournament was, you know, what's this Rugby World Cup thing. And on a Friday <coughs> afternoon for the opening game of the World Cup, only 20,000 people, you know, turned up to Eden Park. And it almost feels like by the end of it, we'd fallen in love with rugby again. Is that a little bit what it felt like for you? Did you know what you were getting into? We didn't quite know what we were getting into. I think no one did in those days, yeah. you know. Um, but as the tournament went on, as you said, every team grasped it and wanted it yeah. and wanted to play well. The New Zealand public certainly did in the hotels and and that we could tell where we went, each hotel was getting busy and the people and the support. Yeah. You know, we were leaving the hotels to go for the, to the quarterfinal in, uh, in Christchurch against Scotland because that was when we really knew we were had a few moments. Well, maybe I'm jumping the gun there, but uh, that was either... Go to work next Monday. Yeah, we'll keep playing. 
Yeah, totally. Like, yeah, proper first time sudden death rugby, wasn't it? And like, there's a few moments here. I was chatting to you beforehand. Like, I look back on it now as a rugby fan. What an amazing rugby team! Uh, great rugby team. But actually, it evolved into a great rugby team, didn't it? It didn't arrive as a great rugby team, and it was those moments along the way. JK lining it up in the first game and almost we needed that to, to light the tournament up. Michael Jones, who is this guy? Like, like what an athlete. They grew in to legends, all black legends. But I think you were one of the most experienced players in the team um, at the start of the tournament. Is that right? Yeah, I, I would have been the most capped in, what was I, 26, 27. Um, yeah. So <clears throat> there wasn't a lot of oldies, even though you might have called that, but we had some fantastic players who were coming, just starting out. And... Uh, they set the place on fire. You know, yeah. it was a pleasure. We didn't know how good we were or not. Yeah. We just knew we wanted to keep on winning and doing this, and, and we evolved, and our style of rugby evolved. Um, and we found out that, that teams couldn't keep up with us or play that sort of rugby. But we had to do the basics first, which we did very well, and uh, just grew from there and, and, and did it grow. And leading into the final, it was a fantastic atmosphere. Going backwards a little bit, like Fitzy told this story, and you know a great yarn, you know just before the quarterfinal, for Christ's sake, before of a you know a World Cup quarterfinal, um, the coach takes you over the hill to his, to his local pub and and gets you billeted out. Who was Gary Wetton billeted with? You know, did you go off another player? Did, were you were your feet off the end of the bed? Like that's that's a heck of a thing to do before you go into a playoff match. Yeah, we racked up at probably the, probably the end. Uh, all these farmers were there in their utes and their trucks and their families and that. And BJ said we billeted out for uh, a night. Well, it could have been two. I can't remember now. Might be one. And we have a training run here. We're going to get up for the night with them. You're going to do this, and, and we're getting ready then to to go down to Christchurch. We just need a bit of time off. You know, could have been two nights and. Uh, so that was, and they brought out the team, and so I had the captain of the team, Andy Dalton. <laughs> so Froggy or, came with me, and uh, we had, of course, farming. Andy's a farmer. Yeah, totally. And um, I know Richard Lowe and might have been Fitzy, and AJ was one of the other guys. And we all the farms right next to each other, basically. And um, and then said, so here's your little room. We had two single beds, definitely. My feet were right outside there. And, the, and they were making dinner for us and everything else and what do you want to eat and how much and they laid their kids and so it was a, it's a real surreal moment and real people you know and, yeah. and these guys knew not to go and parade you around or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. I have all their mates and they were just real old school BJ Lahore mates friends farmers and um, it brought us all back down again you know yeah. so we heads weren't getting too high and Bit of the home life and uh, realize who you're playing for. Yeah, sort of stuff. We, yeah. they had their trikes, or not the quads. Then it was trikes, <laughs> yeah. and AJ put us in the ditch and rolled it, and nearly whatever. And we had we had a lot of fun, and it was a, it was a great feeling. We came away from there, and um, yeah, Sean should remember it because uh, Andy Dalton didn't play in, no. in the, uh, because we warmed up, and Andy did a hammy. And um, Andy said to me that day, he said, "Look." Uh, Naming the team soon, and um, I won't be able to play for the quarterfinal. If I can't play, I'll never play because Sean's going so well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was an unselfish move, wasn't it? Because he was actually fit again towards the end of he the was. tournament. Oh, he was. He was fit by the quarterfinals. Yeah, but Fitzy was playing so well. And Fitzy was playing so well, and BJ and the, BJ and Andy had a great talk about it. And yeah, it was a big call. Yeah, it was a massive call. Um, the the tournament itself, you know, whether it evolved organically or whether it was on purpose, you know, we, the All Blacks did play a great style, and it almost, I think. From some of the comments I've seen, looking back, like it, it suited you. You were a you were a, a mobile lot, you know, like you were a ball in hand, mobile lock who could get around the field. Like you must have really enjoyed that tournament because it was a 
you know, the linking between between the backs and the forwards was, you know, was outstanding, and and you must have loved um, being involved in, in that sort of style after being in some pretty bruising encounters with the South Africans, and and some of those those French series were were you know absolutely ferocious, brutal, through, correct, brutal, and and you must have enjoyed being able to play at a good time of year. The weather was pretty good, and and get around and, and show your mobility, which is probably a trait that the All Blacks have carried on from that period. Yeah, look, I, I think. Um you know, I always had speed, so that was a good thing, but it being big and that, and you had a job. And in the early days of that, if you all of a sudden out there with the wing or got out there or managed to get out there, um, they'd say, what are you doing out there? You're not doing your job. You do that again, you won't play. Yeah. But we evolved, like you said, and uh, it could have been any one of us um, yeah. who could learn how to run and pass, but you had to do your jobs first, and a lot of fun. That's the way to play rugby. That's a bloody pass it to Fitzy. You seemed to get all those tries out on the wing, didn't he? Throughout yes. Throughout career. Well, we had to pull him in a few times oh, yeah. and um, yep. see what he was doing. But uh, no, so that was a lot of fun and a lot of a great way to play rugby. Oh, um, but you you have to win. At the end of the day, the game's about winning. Everyone talks to us to play the game and um, at that level, yep. but you've got to win because, funny enough, you enjoy it more. And Monday, was it back to work on Monday with a headache or, you know, were you back to the job or were you, did you allow yourself a, a couple of days off to enjoy? No, back on Monday. Back on Monday. We all were because Auckland, you know, and you go back and uh, meet everyone. You get, surreal, you get back. We didn't know any better. Yeah, that's what you did. We did not know any better. Mate, that was the start of, that was a fantastic two or three period, you know, like the, you carried on that style. Some of those guys went from being new players to, to some of our best players, you know, Sir Michael John, JK, mm. Foxy, yourself, like it was just brilliant. And you turned up to the 91 World Cup um, and you became captain in 1990 and, and that must have been a huge honour. Like by now you've been an All Black for, you know, eight or nine years or even longer, nine or ten years, seen so much. Um, to be asked to captain the side was, you know, almost perhaps the last thing you'd won a World Cup or was perhaps the last thing you hadn't done yet. So it was, you know, was that, how did you find that out? Who asked you? You know, was it, was it a huge honour? Was it a yes straight away, you know? It's, it's um, it was a bit controversial at the time because, because Buck had been dropped. That's what right. What they were going to do. And uh, so the coaches did that well with Alec Wiley in those days. And uh, then he came up and said, um, well, you're going to be the captain. Um, that was a discussion point, and um, you said you, you know you've had experience. You lead Auckland. You do this. You do that. You've been vice captain for the last three years, so I suppose you could see the fit. Yeah. And um, it's a lonely job. Yeah. You know, guys, because all of a sudden everything changes in, yeah. in the whole thing. You know, if I think a most enjoyable time as an All Black in my earlier days. Yeah. There's some very fulfilling days that are on, and the honour is fantastic. And the pressure comes on. Um, when you're an all-black captain, you're room by yourself. You don't get a roommate. Yeah. I used to sit at the back of the bus because um, I'd work my way back and enjoyed it all there. And as soon as that, you go right to the front. The captain's different. Right. Yeah. Um, so things change. Yeah. Um, you still have all your mates and that, yep. but it is slightly different. There's no doubt about that because you have to be able to – in those days, you know, the captain had a lot to do with the, the team and how we played and what we did and, and, and setting what examples. And you, you rely on your senior players no matter what. You need all them. But you, it's not how much you talk, it's when you talk what you say. Totally. And uh, and it's different. Yeah. So it's it's a great honour. Gosh, he would not think Green is one thing being all black, let alone have a chance to let, uh, captain your team. Um, but, man, there's a lot comes with it in yeah. hindsight. Is it, um, like, is it, was it bloody hard to play well? You know, you've got a hell of a lot of other things going on. You, you know, think about the team, you're the leader, the people, you know, the one that people look to. Was it was it a lot harder just, you know, it's gone from just being able to focus on your game to all these other things? Like, is that a skill in itself, being able to... Yeah, you don't realise it 
at the time, most definitely. Yeah. You know, and you think sometimes in your room and the pressure's on and the press is on, it's their job mm. and the players and this and that and what they say. You, you can't help but take it in um, and that. And you just got to say what it is, how you can, how do you get out of it and that. So it, it's a hard job. It was definitely a hard job in those days. It's... Um, Captaincy today is a lot different now because... There's a lot got, more support, I think, isn't there? A lot yeah. more support everywhere, and you've, you've got all the instructions, you've got everything else happening all around you, and yeah. instructions coming out, and you know, in those days, you don't, can't, you don't take players on and off, you don't do yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, Gosh, uh, it's, it's not right or wrong, it's just what it was. Yeah, yeah, totally. And we went to the 91 World Cup, um, you know, I'm sure there was... You know, as it turned out, we didn't have a great tournament. We lost to Australia, a very good Australian side in 1991, full of some of their best players with Liner and Far Jones and Kearns and, and all these lads. Um, was it something that snuck up on the All Blacks, like not being probably to the same level they were in 87 or not being to the level they wanted to be in 91? Or or did you, you know, did you feel you weren't as prepared as you could be going to the tournament because it wasn't a new thing anymore? You know, we'd had a, a Rugby World Cup and but this time you knew it was coming, maybe mm. tried to do a little more planning. Like, do you look back on it now thinking we could have done this, that and the other or, or actually thought we're in good nick? You always want to play for the All Blacks. Totally. You don't want to give anyone else a chance. Um, 91, you know, and World Cups are on the moment. Look, there's been All Black teams that have performed a lot worse than us over the years, yeah, as you yeah. can know. Absolutely, you know, yeah. Um, uh, and they're a good Australian team. We're good enough to beat them. We had a lot of injuries. It's not an excuse, but we had some. We had go. We yeah. went in with injuries and with guys in that. Um, we didn't take some chances. It was a close game, believe yeah, it or it not. Yeah. Their back line was very good. We just didn't quite dominate in certain stages. Um, and and that's it. Look, it. It's a toss of a coin. Or next day, next you won, and then it's a completely different story again. That's the that's the way rugby. That's how sport goes. Absolutely. Um, what what you could say about yes we're an aging team there's no bit about it but someone picks you you're going to play yeah what do you do oh no look I don't think I'm getting too old don't do that thank you very much yeah that's not how you play that's not what it's about being an All Black no so, a small margin doesn't and, it and no All Black goes out there to play a bad game yeah whether well, it's back in my time or now people got to realise that and there's pressure on all the time pressure 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 and that's the way it should be because that's why you're supposed to be one of the best the elite of the elite. Uh, absolutely, and like like you said, small margins. You know, I remember I remember this really really well, watching Ireland almost beat Australia yeah. in the quarter final. That was a hell of a game, and they well, if some what's and buts, it could have been yeah. we're playing the Irish and we totally. could have played completely different. We we definitely had a bit of a phobia about Australia. There's no doubt about that, just yep. because what happened in the last couple of years and how close it was and what they were doing. Um, but that's what it is. Water under the bridge, mate. And as it turned out, you know, like an absolutely brilliant career for your Blacks finished at the World Cup and mm-hmm. um, like you say a little bit around the reverse side of of being selected you know like hearing it called out on the on the radio and, and the euphoria and being able to celebrate that is it the same way like is it literally my name's not read out this time and that's it or does someone give you a phone call or, or let you know because you know you probably you know there's a you know, there's a lot of opinion around whether you sh- could have carried on or should he carried on or whether you shouldn't have picked and should and sort of parochial bias was at its absolute peak at that time with how strong Auckland was. You know, did did you get a phone call, particularly as the captain? You know, was there a courtesy there or, or actually when the team came out the next time round, your name wasn't on it, you know? Well, what they did is they named um, four all-black trial teams. Okay, yeah. And yep. Um, so they named two, four, six, eight, about ten, ten locks. Twelve locks, right? And I wasn't in it. 
shit. Okay. So it wasn't in the top 12. So that is absolutely nothing to do with how you're playing, I'd suggest. Like, that is just someone who that, decided that's what your, it time, was. your time was done. Well, yeah. that, that's your prerogative. Yeah, yeah. It totally. doesn't mean I liked it, and that's tense. Yeah. Played well after that, played well, and did a few things. Played Ireland and Auckland, we played well. Uh, and then um, it was getting, getting to me, so uh, another stage of our lives went to France. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was one of the great all-black careers. You achieved so much, but one thing... Um, Almost a forgotten piece of All Black history was um, in 1992, part of our centenary celebrations, we played a World 15 and you were a part of it. So a quick look there at Gary Wetton and the colours of the World 15 and behind this door, the young New Zealand team led by their new captain this season, Sean Fitzpatrick. Peter Williams again. There is Gary Wetton, New Zealand's most capped All Black in their 100-year celebration. I think it's appropriate that he should take some part in the centenary celebrations, but he's against the All Blacks. He played for over 100 times today. Mate, how good? Like, how good? Well, well I, I definitely wanted to be part of the centenary celebrations. <laughs> yeah, I just yeah. didn't think I'd be in the opposition to. Wow, that's it. But, I mean, we played the World 15 over three test in one week, banged yeah. it out in April, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday. Um, and it was stacked. Like, we just couldn't achieve that these days. There's no window, you know, players are contracted, blah, blah, blah. But, like, there was Nas Botha from South Africa, Nick Farr-Jones, Jeremy Goscott, Gavin Hay. Like, it was stacked. Gary Wetton, like it was absolutely stacked. Um, how did you even get the call up? Did was it a hard decision to play against you know the jersey you'd represented so well for ten years? It was a very, very, very hard decision. Yeah. I, originally, I said no three times. Yeah, um, because I you're didn't terrible wanna... at saying no. You keep saying no, and then you end up going to France, and then you end up yeah, playing yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't want to play against the All Blacks because yep. there's pressure on the All Blacks, and the All Blacks, you know, you're always an All Black, so you yep. always want the All Blacks to win. Yeah. And and I know you just don't want to be part of putting more pressure on them. And uh, uh, yes, I didn't finish my career the way I wanted to, and, yep. and that was that is what it is. Um, but then they had injuries lead into it. So on the Thursday before the Saturday test, BJ Lahore keeps ringing, kept coming to me and said, "I want you to play. You need to play. This is a way to finish your career." And they went on and on about it. And then the, some of the senior players came through too, Gavin and and, and those guys, and said, "Look." Come on, GW, you can do this. Come and meet us. It's yeah. a bit of fun. And let's play the All Blacks and see what we can do. Um, my wife wasn't sure. It's funny enough, on the Friday, my son went to hospital. He had real bad croup, and so that was it. And, but I was there with the team, and um, so I played. I said, okay, let's do this, Yeah, to quote someone. And um, we went out there, and uh, it's a very strange feeling to go out and play the men in black. Face the hucker? Yeah, Some face of your mates, the Stevie McDowell and some oh, of these I could face boys. them all. And, and a lot of them... If they were honest, wouldn't have been happy that I was playing against them. Yeah. I'll tell you right now. Yeah. And I don't blame them. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. on the other foot. Well, you thought hard about it. Yeah, uh, yeah, but uh, and um, it was a very physical game for me, <laughs> <laughs> uh, both ways, and um, it was close to the last to the last bit, and um, yeah, so it was a good way to finish my career to get an international cap and play against the All Blacks. Not many people get to do that if you're New Zealander, and um, you know, and, and and I was pleased they won. You know, we wanted to win no matter what. We gave it everything. Um, yeah. But that was the way it went. Mate, it was. like I agree. Like Listen to you talk now. I think it's fantastic. You played on Eden Park against the All Blacks and, you, and to get another international cap, which was, like you said earlier, it's fantastic the IRB sanctioned those. Yes. Made them test matches. Um, and while you might have had mixed feelings, you know, there's not many other players who can say that they played 
with absolute legends of the world game and amongst that team. That's not an experience that any of our current players no, will ever have. And you get to know these guys, you know, who you've yep. gone to war against, and and then you send down and you have stories you're rooming with them, um, and you realise they're just like us, albeit in different colours, yep. jerseys, and uh, and they're good guys. But you don't get an opportunity to do that and because you're going to do it again. And, and the respect from both is fantastic, and that's the great thing about this code, this rugby we play. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure there's an, a brotherhood and there's a bunch of guys who you'd – Gone to battle against, and all of a sudden, you know, albeit for one afternoon at Eden Park, oh, we've got some great mates now. Sat in the sheds, mm. you know, with some of the greats. Mate, I don't want to keep you any longer. Thank you so much for coming in. I know you're a busy man. That is a hell of a career. That is a great All Black career. Achieved so much over that ten year period. To start, you know, in such a significant Test series, um, and then to finish it in such a unique Test series is is a hell of a journey. I really appreciate you coming and contributing. Um, the history of All Blacks letting us know a little bit more about it some of those stories are from 30, 40 years ago now so it's scary um, but um, no I really appreciate you coming in thank you so much no look it's my pleasure you know and people need to know where we've all been where we're going and uh, there'll be many more from that I'm sure coming mate absolutely all the juicy well thank you mate appreciate it cheers mate